Could the Rangers be closing in on a deal for Frank Vitrano and or Adam Henrique? Plus, are there any lingering free agents that the Rangers could consider signing? We discuss all this and more on today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers. You're locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 998 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. And we are, of course... Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And that song you're hearing is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. So a bit of uh, exciting news, I think, for most Ranger fans are, are going to be happy about this. And that's that there are several reports out there that the Rangers are in not only on Adam Henrique, which is somebody that I think really going into the very beginning of trade deadline season, kind of connect the dots a little bit. Uh, you can kind of understand the fact that the Rangers are going to be in the market for a center, especially with the news that, of course, uh, Filipino will not be returning to the team this year. And again, all our best to Filipino. But Adam Henrique is somebody that's always kind of made some sense and I think has always been at least somewhat on the Rangers' radar. We didn't really know for sure about Frank Vetrano. I mean, a lot of fans are kind of talking themselves into it and hyping up Vetrano. And I think one of the reasons Vetrano, well, a couple of reasons why he's appealing uh, for starters, had a nice run with the Rangers a couple of years ago. Rangers made it to the conference final. He added that kind of shoot first mentality that other players on the team were kind of lacking. You know, there's a lot of uh, guys that are facilitators, guys that are playmakers. Didn't really have that bona fide sniper until they brought in Frank Vitrano. So there's that. And there's also the fact that Frank Vitrano would be a very rare non-rental acquisition by the Rangers at the deadline. And there's no telling for sure if they can fit him in under the salary cap for all of next season, but with the cap expected to rise a little bit, you got to figure at least, uh, you know, increases their chances a little bit. There could also be a situation where Anaheim retains some of Vetrano's salary. A lot of different ways this thing could shake out here. But again, there were a lot of different outlets and, you know, reputable hockey reporters talking about how the Rangers are indeed interested in both players. And it does make a lot of sense. We've talked about in recent episodes how, to me at least, and I, I know some people are going to, you know, really want the Rangers to get a defenseman. And I'm not against that either. But to me, the two biggest needs on the Rangers in whichever order you want to go are center and right wing. Center, to me, kind of takes first place ever since, again, the injury to Filipino. We know that he's not coming back. And you've got to find a third-line center. It doesn't necessarily have to be a superstar player. And I wouldn't say that Henrik is a superstar player. But you've got to find somebody that can at least produce a little bit of offense uh, when it comes to centering the Ranger third line. And you look at these two players, Frank Vetrano and Adam Henrique, it kind of helps that they're both on the same team and kind of opens up the possibility of, well, maybe the Rangers can strike some kind of deal here where they get two birds with one stone. Again, you need a right winger. You need a center. If the Rangers can pull the trigger on the Ducks with a trade for both these players, it does address both of those needs. And that could be the only deal that the Rangers make. Now, I'm not saying that 
I'd be against them doing something else. We, we talked about a defenseman just a second ago. Uh, that's always something that could be on the table. But it's possible, possible that you could make that move and feel pretty good about, you know, where this team is and what they have, you know, heading toward the, the rest of the regular season here and ultimately the playoffs. And it's made even more interesting by the fact that, you know, Elias Lindholm, Sean Monaghan, no longer available uh, for the Rangers because obviously both players were already traded. And, you know, we talked not too long ago about how everybody's kind of jumping the gun a little bit. I mentioned this about a week or two ago and trying to determine like right here, right now, going into the all-star break, oh, the Rangers, they absolutely have to go all in this season or they absolutely cannot go all in this season. Everybody seemed to be on one extreme or the other. And my reasoning was you don't really need to make that decision right away because you do have, you know, at the time about five weeks between where we were in the schedule and the trade deadline. But I will say, I just mentioned Lynn Holman Monahan, the fact that these two guys have kind of flown off the boards in recent days here, it does kind of step up the urgency a little bit because as I talked about, it does feel like it's a little bit of a seller's market this year. And two of the biggest pieces are already on the move. Adam Henrique, one of the better centers, probably, uh, you know, remaining as far as guys that seem certain to be dealt at the trade deadline. And we did talk about both these players, Henrique and Vetrano, in recent episodes. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to leave a link to both episodes in the description for this episode. If you missed my thoughts on those guys or you just want to refresh or you can go back and check out those episodes. For now, though, you know, I'll just say that I, I do like both players. I do think they, they fit in with this team. We saw some pretty considerable proof last time that Frank Vitrano does indeed fit with this team, both from, you know, what he brings on the ice and also from a culture perspective, Adam Henrique. I mean, there might be some Ranger fans holding a grudge, but um, you know, that was more than 10 years ago. He scored the overtime winner for the devils against the Rangers in game six of the conference final. But again, I think both these players uh, clearly make this team better. I'd stop short of calling either of them superstar players. Although, you know, Frank Petrano depends on what your definition of a superstar is. If everybody that makes the all-star game is automatically a superstar, then by that definition, yeah, Frank Vitrano is a superstar right now because he did just make uh, the first all-star team of his NHL career and having a really nice season for himself. 50 games so far, 22 goals. He's just two goals behind his previous career high, which is uh, a mark that he set with 24 goals back in 2018, 2019 with the Florida Panthers. He's got 14 assists. Uh, his previous career high was last year with the Ducks, 19 assists. And that's another thing. You know, he's putting up big time numbers with the Ducks. And obviously, there's less competition for, you know, power play time on a team like the Ducks. It's kind of near the bottom of the league standings. And you're obviously going to be in a top six role, especially if you play the way that Vitrano has been playing this season. But again, to put up solid offensive numbers like that with the Ducks this year and to a lesser extent last year, I, I think that's, you know, pretty impressive. Uh, he is a minus 13 this year with the Ducks, but I mean, it's going to be hard for anybody to have, you know, an impressive plus minus uh, playing on a team that, you know, has largely struggled this season. Also has 78 hits this year, 21 takeaways against 19 giveaways and 55 block shots. Uh, once again, for Frank Vetrano and somebody that can come in and give the Rangers something that they need. As we mentioned, they're very thin at right wing. We've been over that and over that. And I think they could use another sniper on this team, somebody that just goes out there and uh, does not hesitate to put the puck at the net. And we saw evidence of that during that half season he spent with the Rangers, even coming to a new team, uh, you know, never hesitated, still played his game, still wasn't shy about shooting the puck. So that was awesome. And as for Adam Henrique, you know, again, this is somebody that, you hear the name, it doesn't get you like super excited, but it's somebody that has been a steady producer in kind of a middle six role for both the Devils for a bunch of years and the Ducks for a handful of seasons as well. He's an impending UFA. 
And he's at like $5.8 million a season. So there might have to be some salary retention from the Ducks there. And that being the case, the Rangers might have to kick in a little bit more if they want to you know, really make that trade happen. But it's just kind of a, an interesting situation right now because there, there's a lot of questions here. You know, would the Rangers really go for it and acquire both players? And if they did, if they got both Henrique and Vitrano, what would that cost? Um, if, if the cost is too much for both players, would they go after just Vitrano? Would they go after just Henrique? Which you know, position, which player do they think would help them the most uh, during their march to the playoffs and hopefully a deep run in the Stanley Cup Finals? And what would be going in the opposite direction? Obviously, you know, Capo Caco, his name came up in trade talks not too long ago. It sounds like Drury is at least fielding calls or that's the report that was out there on Capo Caco. Would you, I mean, you'd have to give up a first round draft pick. If you're getting both those players, judging the market so far, which again, does look like a seller's market, a first round pick, you'd start there probably a couple other picks involved. But I honestly do think, you know, when it comes to Capo Caco, I, I don't really want him to get traded, but I think he's more likely, honestly, to get traded than somebody like Will Cooley. I think he's more likely to get traded than somebody like Gabe Perot, Brian Offman. You know, Perot and Offman combined have three games in the NHL, but they're both very young players showing very well for themselves. Perot's playing college hockey and just setting the world on fire. I mean, he's one of the best players in the NCAA hockey right now, and that's not an exaggeration. So I get the feeling, you know, given that Kako is in year five, that he'd probably be more likely to be moved uh, than somebody like, um, like you know, any of the aforementioned players. You know, Othman, Perot, um, you know, Cooley. Cooley's obviously played well thus far with the Rangers. So it's going to be very interesting, but I, I don't think it's going to come cheap. Again, we are in a seller's market. It certainly looks that way after the Lindholm deal and after the um, – who was the other one? Sean Monahan. He got traded. He got a first round pick in return. So uh, yeah, those players are fetching pretty nice returns for the respective teams. And again, I don't think it would be cheap, but the Rangers, you know, given where they are right now, they sound like they're going to be all in and they're going to look to be aggressive. And that being the case, you got to do what you got to do. But I'm be very curious to see how this whole thing plays out. I would imagine probably at least one of those guys is coming to the Rangers. I'm not sure the Rangers would be willing and able to pay as much as it might cost to get both of them, but I get the feeling at least one of them is probably going to be on his way uh, to the New York Rangers before the trade deadline comes and goes this season. So very much looking forward to that. And if I had to pick one or the other, I'd lean a little bit toward Vitrano just because there's familiarity. He's a big fan of his game when he was here the first time around. And as for a center, you know, you can try to look elsewhere. There's some other guys available, not necessarily superstar players, but serviceable guys that could uh, step in and center the Rangers' third line. So we're going to keep everything rolling in just a second. I want to turn our attention to uh, another route that the Rangers could look to go down if they feel like the asking price is too much for guys like Vetrano, guys like Henrique, other players that are available at or near the trade deadline this season. If they feel like the, the trade market is just out of control and it's too much of a seller's market, I've got a little bit of a solution here. It's not perfect, but it's something that I think is uh, certainly worth sharing. And we're going to go over that in just a second. First, though, we definitely want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which player will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so, so much more. New customers 
Join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, just visit fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, we also want to let everybody know that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, so we'll go ahead, keep everything rolling here. There is another route, as I mentioned a second ago, that the Rangers could look to explore a little bit here if they're kind of balking at what some of these teams are asking for in return for, you know, a rental player or even a guy that's got a year and a half left on his deal like Frank Petrano does. And that's a couple of guys that are out there that have not played in the NHL this season, but they are free agents and they have had at least some success in this league. Now, I'm going to do a quick disclaimer here. I don't really love any of these options, these players that I'm going to talk about here, but I've heard a lot from Ranger fans saying like, oh, you can't give up this prospect. You can't give up that prospect. Uh, you can't give up a first rounder. You can't give up a second rounder. So, you know, we're going to, you know, open up kind of uh, a little bit of an off the uh, outside the box. That's the expression I'm looking for. An outside the box solution here. And that's to go ahead and um, look at guys that would only cost you presumably a uh, certain amount of money and probably not a lot of money because I would imagine any player that wants to play in the NHL right now that's unsigned, he'll pretty much sign the dotted line for any amount of money. So that being the case, I don't think these guys are going to prove to be too costly. But I got three players here. Uh, two of them are not playing hockey at all right now. And the third one's a kind of a unique situation, but we'll get to that in a second. The first one is Phil Kessel, 36-year-old right winger. And I feel like I'm not alone here when, I mean, first of all, this is not the first time that anybody has suggested Phil Kessel to the Rangers. I feel like him, as much as maybe any player in this league, in one way or another, whether a free agent, whether somebody that could be moved at the trade deadline, has been connected to the Rangers for seemingly about five straight years now, basically on and off that entire time. And I hear Phil Kessel's name, and I kind of like sink a little bit. And it's like, ah, Phil Kessel, like, all right. I mean, maybe. The thing is, if you get Phil Kessel, you're doing it for the reason that I just mentioned. It's not going to cost you anything. You don't have to trade a first-round draft pick. You don't have to trade a major prospect. Phil Kessel last year ended up winning the Stanley Cup, his third. Uh, he has now played in 1,064 straight regular season games. Now, it is worth pointing out, of course, he was with the Knights last year. He did not play a single playoff game after the first round. He only played in four total playoff games. But even last year, the most or the least productive of his NHL career, or at least the last 15 years of his NHL career. Uh, last season, 82 games, played in all 82. We know he's kind of the NHL's Iron Man, But 82 games, 14 goals, 22 assists, 36 points. He was also a minus seven, had 28 block shots, 36 takeaways against 27 giveaways. Now, with Kessel, you know, those are decent numbers for somebody on a third liner. Just take the name away from it. If you just look at those numbers, the offensive production, you can live with that from a player that's on your third line. The problem with Kessel is there's zero physicality, not a whole lot of defense being played either, and he is getting up there in age. I think, you know, the fact that he's 36, you've got Blake Wheeler on the team who's 37. There's going to be some Ranger fans who immediately balk at that idea due to his age, and, you know, I, I certainly understand that. Um, there's probably some fear that he would be Blake Wheeler 2.0. And I don't mean that as an insult to Wheeler. I have not been as 
down on Blake Wheeler as a lot of other Ranger fans have. I've been a little bit underwhelmed by what he's brought to the rink uh, for the most part this season, but I don't think it's been uh, the train wreck that you know certain Ranger fans would have you believe. But look, if you're desperate for offense, if you're desperate for depth, if you don't want to give up anything significant in a trade, then Phil Kessel, I think maybe it's at least worth a phone call. You know, call him up, see how he's doing. Do, how do you feel about playing for the Rangers? And for what it's worth, also a playoff performer in his career, 100 games played in the Stanley Cup playoffs for Phil Kessel, three Stanley Cups, 34 goals, 49 assists. So 83 points in 100 playoff games. That That's a, an impressive total. And again, a lot of that was done when he was in his prime. He's not in his prime anymore. But if you're desperate for depth, like I was talking about, again, maybe at least worth a phone call and, you know, see 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 what he's thinking and see if maybe you feel that he could be a fit uh, one way or another. And it depends how the trade market shakes out as well, because I do think there are better players available via trade. But if the price is too high and you miss out on these guys, maybe a call to Phil Kessel uh, is at least worth your time. Another player, the second of the three players we're going to talk about, Josh Bailey. Bailey, longtime Islander, a little bit younger than Phil Kessel. He's 34 years old, uh, right winger. Former number nine overall pick by the Islanders all the way back in 2008. 1,057 games for Bailey, 184 goals, 396 assists, so 580 points, 509 block shots, 535 hits, and 622 takeaways against 701 giveaways. And all that, again, was with the Islanders. The Islanders, uh, before this past season, traded him to the Blackhawks. The Blackhawks ended up buying him out of his contract. It was basically just a salary dump by the Islanders. In fact, they had to move a second-round pick along with Bailey just to get the Blackhawks to uh, take him off of their hands. He then ended up getting a PTO with the Senators. This offseason did not make the team. And as I say all this, I realize it's a less-than-perfect solution to whatever problems the Rangers are having right now. I get it. But I do look at Bailey right now. I mean, he's 34 years old. I'm not really coming up with a good reason why he doesn't have a team. Uh, As recently as two seasons ago, you know, he's with the Islanders, 44 points in 74 games. I mean, the Raiders have like six forwards right now that would kill for numbers like that, right? That was only two years ago. Um, And sometimes I think, you know, a player can kind of get labeled as a bust. I I don't know that he was ever quite labeled as that. For the number nine overall pick in the draft, though, maybe not quite the career that you would like to see, but... I think he's all, all around been like a solid player, you know, for the most part in his career. Uh, he can kill penalties. He was known with the Islanders as like a solid two-way forward. And in the playoffs, he, he's gotten the job done there as well. So the Islanders a couple seasons ago had two, you know, deep playoff runs, made it to the conference final every or in two straight seasons. One year it was called the semifinals because of COVID, and that's a whole other story. But in those two runs for the Islanders combined, uh, he ended up with... 41 games played, and he had eight goals and 25 assists. So he had 33 points in his last 41 playoff games. And again, this is not is this is not really that long ago. The most recent of those two runs was only three seasons ago. I know injuries have also been a problem uh, for Bailey at times, but I don't know, man. Is, is, does this sound like somebody that should not be able to find a home in the NHL? And I haven't seen anything. You know, I, I was searching. Doesn't seem like he's retired or anything along those lines. So. You know, could Kessel be signed? Could Bailey be signed? I think both are certainly possible. And again, I think if you're the Rangers, probably at least worth a phone call. These are imperfect solutions. Both players don't love either one of them. But again, seller's market, and you're going to have to give up a lot to get, you know, good players, but certainly not fantastic players. These guys, you don't have to give up anything. You can sign them to, uh, you know, the minimum. And then the last player here that I want to talk about, the third of the three players, is Max Comtois. Uh, He is currently playing with the Chicago Wolves of the AHL. 
And the Wolves are the only unaffiliated team in the AHL. They do not have an AHL affiliate. So it's kind of a weird situation for that alone. And I'm not even honestly sure how that would work. Like, this is not a free agent signing like the other two would be. But, like, who are you dealing with in trade talks? Because even when minor league players get traded, you're talking to the NHL team. But the Wolves, they don't have an NHL team. So how would this even work? Like, like it's an unprecedented situation. It's not something that I've ever really seen pop up. I've never talked about, you know, the Rangers trying to strike a trade with an AHL team that does not have an AHL affiliate. So, I mean, what do you do? Do you offer them, like, I mean, I would think that this team that does not have an NHL affiliate would not be interested in NHL draft picks. I mean, right? What what good would that do them, right? So that's probably off the table. Do you offer them, like, a good AHL player? Like, could the Rangers, could you trade, like, you know, Alex Belzeal's got pretty good numbers with the Wolfpack this season. Could you trade him to get your hands on Max Comtois and bring him over? See, Comtois, he's a little bit different than the other two for this reason as well because he's only 25 years old. He was the number 50 overall pick. In 2017, uh, went in the second round to the Ducks that year. And then he was non-tendered, a qualifying offer by the Ducks, and he was released on July 1st of last year. He had a PTO with the Knights in the offseason, but he was released after the preseason. And again, somebody that career numbers probably failed to live up to the hype of being a second rounder, 210 games, 38 goals, 48 assists in five seasons with the five seasons, excuse me, with the Ducks. So that's 86 points in 210 games, also a minus 35, uh, 89 block shots, 373 hits. But he's 25, and he's a former second-round draft pick. And when the Ducks, you know, non-tendered him, and, and, you know, he's on his way, and he's a free agent, and then he tries out for the Knights and can't make that team either, when the Ducks did that to him, he was only 24 years old. This is your guy. You drafted him in the second round. I mean, that sounds like kind of a pretty quick hook, pretty fast to give up on somebody, especially when you consider that the Ducks – I mean, they're rebuilding. Wouldn't it make sense to keep him around and, and see what he can do and decide whether or not he can be a, uh, you know, part of your rebuild, at least in some way or another? Just kind of a strange situation. Surprised nobody gave him a chance. Nobody took a, you know, a flyer on him. He is now with this AHL team that does not have an AHL affiliate, so I'm not sure exactly how that would work. But if anybody knows off the top of your head, you know, leave it in the comment section. I'd be curious to find out about that. But uh, just another one of those players that's kind of flown under the radar and, you know, again, you can't sign him for nothing because he's not a free agent like the other two players we discussed, Bailey and Kessel. But I can't imagine it would take that much uh, to get him. And, you know, you got to figure there's at least some upside and maybe uh, he could provide a boost to the Rangers. Or maybe he's no better than the players they currently have in the bottom six. But again, thinking outside the box here, looking for guys that aren't going to cost an arm and a leg. So going to keep everything rolling in just a second here. I want to turn our attention to the Rangers schedule in February, which seems to be uh, a little bit on the friendly side. I, I don't think that there's like any, you know, real reason to think that the Rangers can't play quite a bit better in February uh, than they did in January. If for no other reason than the fact that the schedule looks pretty soft. I mean, again, no disrespect to any of the team the Rangers are playing, but uh, we're going to talk about that in just a second. First though, we definitely want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Sleeper. It is almost the halfway point of the season, Ranger fans, and there's been some ups and downs, but the team is still in first place in the Metro Division. I think a lot of us are getting ready to go for the month of February, but regardless of where we are in the current standings, I want to remind you that you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for Daily Fantasy Sports, and especially Daily Fantasy Hockey, because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. 
All you have to do is pick whether studs like Panarin or Trocek or Lafreniere or Igor will record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus minus, and more in a given game. To win 100 times your bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight-player stats. You heard me, Ranger fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See sleepers, terms of use for details and locational availability. All right, let's go ahead and keep everything rolling here. So something I've been wanting to do is uh, basically just take a look at the uh, the February schedule here for the Rangers. And I've got them up. For those of you watching on YouTube, I've got them on the other monitor here. And I'm going to go ahead and do my best to, uh, you know, possibly share the screen with you guys here. If you'll just bear with me for one second. We got the Rangers schedule. Share. And there you go. So you can you can see that. Um so yeah, this is where things stand. Rangers obviously coming off of a long break, you know, more than a week. They had the all-star break in there. Obviously, Eeyore and Trocek and for that matter, Laviolette participated in the festivities. But now we're into February. And the first thing that kind of jumps out at me is that, well, first of all, we're happy that the month of January is over because the Rangers only won five out of 14 games in January, went five, seven, and two to be exact. Uh, February to me, at least at first glance here, looks like a chance to, really stack some points. Um, one thing that the Rangers have in their favor is that in the 29 days of February, the Rangers are only going to play 11 games. So it's not as dense of a schedule as we've seen in other months. There's a good amount of days off built into the schedule here. There's only one back-to-back the entire month. That's on Saturday the 24th and Sunday the 25th. Other than that, no back-to-backs whatsoever. And I don't think that this is like the toughest stretch of the Rangers schedule, at least in terms of opponents. Now it does start off pretty difficult because the Rangers uh, on tonight, Monday, and then Wednesday, they are home against the Avalanche, home against the Lightning, the last two Stanley Cup champions, Avalanche in first place in their division, Lightning in third, and steadily climbing in their division. So that's a tough uh, start to, um, to the second half of the season here. But then you look at what's coming up, and I'll, I'll just kind of read off you know the next portion of the schedule here. The next four games after that, at the Blackhawks on Friday, Uh, home against the Flames, home against the Canadians, and then you've got the stadium series game against the New York Islanders, uh, an afternoon game. And I mean, that's not really a home game for one team or the other will act as the home team, but that's basically a home game for both teams and probably more so the Rangers, because I just get the feeling there will be more Ranger fans there than Islander fans. There typically are. So you've got their four straight games against teams that are not right now in playoff position. And in the case of the Blackhawks and Canadians, both in last place in their division. So that's a soft quartet of games there, and it's spread out nice. It goes from the 9th to the 18th. Again, the schedule is not very dense. A lot of off days built in there. It feels like there's kind of a pattern here where you play a game, two days off, play a game, two, day, two days off, rinse and repeat. That's kind of how it is uh, for that portion of the schedule. Now, after the stadium series game against the Islanders, you do get a tough one against the Stars. Uh, that is on Tuesday the 20th in Madison Square Garden. The Rangers... Um, Obviously, that's going to be a a more difficult test for them because the Stars are in second place in their division, just one point behind the Avalanche. But then they close the month at the Devils, at the Flyers, at the Jackets, and then home against the Jackets. And again, a lot of off days built in here for the Rangers. And as of right now, you know, those final four games there, Devils, 
Flyers, Jackets twice. The only team there that is currently in playoff position is the Flyers. The Flyers have the eighth most points in the Eastern Conference, but they're third in the Metro, so they would be in the playoffs as of now. But they've also lost five straight games and all five of them in regulation. So, again, you look at this schedule. Show me anything that's really all that difficult other than the first two. Once again, home Avalanche, home Lightning, and then a little bit later at home Stars. Uh, There's a lot of games that the Rangers should be winning, a lot of points that they should be stacking. And on top of everything else, once again, if we count the stadium series as a home game, then that would be uh, seven home games versus only four away games the entire month. And for that matter, to take it a step further, these away games, it's not like they're going to be traveling all over the globe for this. You know, the farthest they have to travel is Chicago to play the Blackhawks. They've got an away game against the Devils and Flyers. They only have to fly to those if they don't want to. And an away game against the Blue Jackets. That's it. There's not a whole lot of traveling. They're not going to be, you know, run down from that, from, from the travel aspect and, you know, playing all these road games. They're really set up to have a good month. They should have a good month. There's really no excuses. And it's a critical part of the schedule because as we've discussed, you know, the trade deadline is on the horizon. And I think the way that the Rangers play um, going forward and over the next handful of games here, it could determine what their approach is going to be um, come trade deadline time. Now they could, I mean, they might strike a trade, 10 minutes after I'm done recording this episode. That's always possible. But I do think that you know the way they're playing and the way they're looking as the trade deadline gets closer and closer, and we know how at the zero hour, that's when all the wheelings and dealings really start happening and all these teams start blinking. I really think the Rangers can influence their front office, influence jury by playing well, looking good, looking sharp, looking like a team that's going to go on the run. And this February schedule would seem to kind of uh, lend itself to that because, again, it's just not that difficult of a schedule. Once again, no disrespect to any of those teams, but there's some teams that are pretty far down the standings. And like I said, only four of the games this month are against playoff teams, and one of them is the Flyers, and I mean, they are just barely hanging on. That's a very winnable game. So, yeah, let's start this thing off with a win against the Avalanche tonight. Let's make a statement, and hopefully the Rangers obviously are over all the things that were ailing them going into the break there. Hopefully everybody's back and refreshed and and just ready to go. Uh, One bit of news regarding the game tonight is that Jonathan Quick is actually going to start in net for the Rangers. I kind of just assumed it would be Igor, but obviously Igor uh, was at the All-Star game. And I want to say, did this happen last year? I feel like coming out of the All-Star break last year, the same thing happened. They gave Halak the first game after the break. I'm not 100% on that. I would have to look it up. But, um, yeah, Laviolette was asked about it, and he said he wanted Igor to, you know, do some work with the coaches. I would assume that probably means Benoit Allaire. Um, And that's fine. Again, I don't think we should read too much into this. Jonathan Quick played very well the last game before the break, and he hasn't played in a while. You might want to get him back out there. Igor at least played during the All-Star, you know, break. The All-Star game uh, was on the winning team of the All-Star tournament, the four-team tournament there. So that was cool to see. And, um, yeah, hopefully uh, Jonathan Quick can bring it again tonight, and hopefully Igor's ready to go, I assume, in the game after. You know, that's probably another thing, too, now that I'm thinking about it. Igor has absolutely just owned the lightning lately, and I get the feeling that coming out of this break, the first two games, each goalie was probably going to get one of them because you don't want them to sit around without playing an actual NHL regular season game, uh, you know, for weeks and weeks. So they would each play one. You know what? Igor's got the lightning's number recently. He's kind of owned them. So, by all means, let Quick get this first one back and then uh, go with Igor against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And, and nobody on the Rangers said that. You probably don't want to, you know, light a, light a fire under the Lightning for that game, but you can kind of connect the dots a little bit. And again, Igor has been very good against Tampa, and that might be very well why uh, Quick gets the first game, Igor gets the second game coming out of the break. Uh, only other bit of news, Mackey and LeCision both recalled from the Wolfpack. I 
don't know exactly what that could mean for the starting lineup tonight. I mean, I can't think that Lecision's going to be in the lineup. Mackie could be because Jacob Truba, of course, is still suspended for one more game. I would think Zach Jones would probably slot in, but I guess you never know for sure. Uh, we'll keep our eye on it and see if the uh, the Rangers post a lineup. I, I did see in practice where all the lines, all the defense pairings are pretty much the same. So I would think probably Jones over Mackie. But again, you never know for sure. And uh, we'll see how it looks when the Rangers line up to obviously play the avalanche a little bit later tonight. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that's at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. We are approaching 2,500 subscribers. Be awesome to hit that milestone. Thank you guys so much for those who have already subscribed uh, to the channel. And, of course, you want to be subscribed because most of these episodes, including this one, drop on YouTube before they're available on audio. So if you haven't uh, had a chance, you know, whenever you get a minute, we'd really much appreciate it if you were able to do that. But once again, thank you guys as always, and I will see you next time.